Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith, and welcome to Dirty Water, an hour of swinging discourse where opinion is everything and the facts are rarely yanked out of our kimonos. Today's guest on Dirty Water was hatched in Santa Barbara, but grew his wings as a young shaper on the North Shore, where he moved in 1992. Six years later, in a fortuitous meeting, he was approached by a single mammy of three to shape a surfboard for a five-year-old son. The woman gave him $200 for materials, and our guest made a yellow 4-6 with a halo of orange rails. Nineteen years later, that kid became the world champ. The kid, of course, is John John Florence. Our guest, therefore, is Mr. John Pizel. You like groups, Johnny? I like groups. I like tongues and titties and little dickies flying everywhere. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, did you um, did you shape any balls today, John? I have not yet. Actually, behind me, I do have uh, three boards for one of my good friends, D.D. Johnson, that um, I'm going to get to after we finish this up. And um, I've been, I've been, uh, I went. You guys are gonna hate this, but I went. I just went foiling. Oh, we're not gonna hate it. Chess just went mid. Yeah, I did just come in like that. I I can't hate anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I think one thing I just really should share with you is like, you cannot hate foiling unless you've gone foiling. Do you hate it now? I totally understand. (laughs) I totally understand the theory of disliking people with giant blades flying around in the lineup i'm i'm with that but um yeah foiling's pretty fun when it's small it's like pretty epic but you were always very you were always very coy about your um foiling because remember when you sent me a, maybe about a year ago a lovely clip of yourself foiling and and your buddies and everything and then i wanted to run it because it was amazing but you said no 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 don't whatever you do don't run it yeah it's pretty uh it's 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 like a it's a slightly shameful pleasure but it's it's a, uh, it's actually, around here. It's pretty like no one cares. It's like all good. There's plenty of like wide open lineups. We're not like running over kids or, I mean, there's a few people that get upset about it at certain places, but I don't go to those places. I was, I was actually at Sunset Point and, and there was all these little girls out. It was really small and there was about eight little girls that were like 13, 12 years old. And it was one of, one of I don't know, you guys know who Larry Haynes is, the filmer. Yeah, the Larry guy. Haynes. Mad who he. Yeah. Larry, so Larry's out there swimming with his daughter and a bunch of his, her friends, and they're just getting so many waves. It was perfect. And I literally paddled out, and I didn't do anything but just coach him for like 40 minutes. I didn't get a single wave until, like, I was just like, go, 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 until they all went in. And I'm like, okay, now I got my son. How, how, if you would have taken off on a wave in a pack of little girls, how many decapitations would there have been? Could how many you? Have you seen? That's what I ask you. Can you? Can you show me some decapitated people? Uh, the, one, the picture you're going to reference right now, I already know, is the guy with the gigantic cut like yep. this. I'd say that's more of a scalping, like not my, a decapitation. That That is one of my really close friends. He's, he's from Japan, and um, he lives in Santa Cruz now. His name's Yu Sumitomo, and he's like really good surfer. Also, he's been into this stuff forever, but he he um, that happened to him with his own foil. 
Sure. The best story about that was so gnarly. I was talking to him about it, and that cut went like all the way across here. And he's like, it's so funny. The guy's positive. He's like, I came up and he's like, John, I was blind. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I lost my eye. Like it was fucked. And then he's all, then I just went like this and lifted it up. And I could see fine. His face literally fell over his eye. Like, <laughs> that, that was gnarly. That's but a good injury. Have you had yeah. any uh, injuries, Johnny? <laughs> yeah, but nothing like no blood. More like just uh, like it feels like maybe sometimes you get hit with a baseball bat on the shin or something kind of weird. But nothing really, nothing that like took me out or anything. So real quick, so. full speed. You're at Sunset Point. Okay. On, on a good size wave, full speed on your no, foil. You don't want good size waves. Okay. Yeah. Okay, on a little okay. wave. Unlike the perfect foil wave. How many little girls could you saw through if you hit them direct? Three? I would never saw through a little girl. I would, I would sacrifice my own self before that happens. It, but just theoretically. Happen. Theoretically. How many, how many little girls could, could a foil board think, saw through? The, the, thing, the thing that you got I love that you guys do. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I get it. But no, the thing is, it's not like a sharp object. It's a blunt thing. It's not really... But, um, Even the I blade part that's cutting through that, the water? Isn't it a blade? Yeah, it's, it's like a... <laughs> it's, the mass is like a pretty thin little streamlined thing, but it has have kind of a blunt front end. It's like a it's like a little airplane wing kind of. So it doesn't have like this. It's kind of... You know what I mean? Anyways, no. that's enough foil talk. <laughs> can, can, you just, can you describe... Because everyone who does it loves it. For you. No, can, can you describe the, uh, the thrill it gives you? Dude, what, what makes it so good? It's literally flying. You you are flying. So like you there's as soon as you get up off, out of the water, like you paddle into the wave, right? I'm pad, I'm riding a four six four five. I paddle into the wave, and then and as soon as you stand up and just get enough speed, just like an airplane, it's like it gets out of the it, it lifts off. As soon as you do that, you have no friction. You're friction free, and you're and there's no noise. There's like a little hiss through the water, and there's nothing is stopping you at all and you're just riding along on this little wall of a wave with almost nothing there and it's just like it's as close as you to get to like just flying i would say how it's pretty, it's pretty addicting how do you not outrun the wave yeah how do you not you, run outrun the wave you carve, and every- you, carve, you carve around if if you took off and went straight you would immediately outrun the wave but you go you go perpendicular to the wave you know you you or parallel sorry you you ride parallel to the wave so in, in a wave where if you surfed it and went straight, you would go 50 yards. I might go 200 yards of distance on that same way, not lengthwise, but like back and forth. And so that speed, so I'm going way, way faster when I'm going uh, parallel with the lot, you know? Well, you caught me, you caught me on an open mind. It's, it's a small wave. It's just, oh, dude, it's, it's ask, like everybody I know that tries it is just like, oh my God, this is so it's, it's like a addicting. I have a friend that just, I just got him turned on a, you guys might remember there's a magazine cover in like the late 80s, Matt Mondragon. It's the Aaron Chang photo. It's Sunset on like Beach. TV. As, he's inside barrel, Sunset Beach, inside that crazy, most, one of the best ever photos of Sunset Beach, that barrel. And that guy is a good friend of mine. He's from Santa Barbara where I grew up. And he was like one of the best surfers. He was going to be like the next Tom Burns. 
and um, he lives over here, and he, he surfs a lot, but he's a big guy, and he kind of hasn't been surfing that much. And when he surfs, he rips, but he's kind of on and off. And I turned him on to foiling, and, like, he's been – he's, like, he called me – like, he's gone probably 10 times. He called me the other day. Like, at 6.45, there was a message on my phone. I didn't – I was asleep. And he's, like, paddling out to Lonnie's right now. And then I talked to him at, like, 11. He's, like, I already had two sessions. I'm exhausted. I'm just sitting in my car at Lonnie's. Like, I just have to go eat. I'm, like, I just had the most fun I've ever had. And it was, like, waist high inside three forms of Lonnie's day. So it's not something you like, oh, I don't serve, I'm going to boil. But when there's little tiny waves and it's crappy or it's windy or whatever it is, you go do that instead and you're paddling and you're surf, you're, you're, you're using everything that you used to surf, but you're not surfing. So the guys, like, like I grew up in Santa Barbara, it goes flat for two months or it goes flat for six months or whatever. Like, but, so you don't surf and you don't paddle, you don't get in the water that way. And with boiling, I feel like it's just cool because you you get in the water and you like, you're paddling every day. So when there is good surf, I'm like, Oh, I've been paddling five miles a day boiling and like, I'm ready to go surf instead of like, Oh man, I'm so tired. I'm surfing weeks or, you know, it's nice. It's just fun for the summertime and small time. Well, how do you, so how do you get started? You know, what's your recommendation? Tell you on it. No, you sold me. I was, I'm done. I'm in. <laughs> Cause you saw the, you have the, the screaming Eagle, your, uh, your foreboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't even get into that. <laughs> I didn't know about your your depra- the, the the special name that that was, especially in Australia, until I my Aussie friends were all, "Hey, how's your screaming eagle? Like that's a great name for a board." I'm just like, "What?" Well, I don't know. I don't uh, know what a screaming I, I, eagle I, mean. I'm just looking I, around. I'm no one knows. Is it a is it a Queensland thing or something? Oh, here we go. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Johnny, that is quite a name. <laughs> Five, I've, uh, I've got this one girl. Goodness me. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. You knew that. <laughs> we no longer really, we've kind of, we've kind of um, shelved that model. We're into the pinball wizard. Shelved it, shelved it literally, huh? <laughs> hey, jo- hey, Johnny, um, maybe you can tell us the yeah. story of that fateful day in 1998 when Alex wandered into your uh, shaping bay in Sunset Beach. Um, was it 1998? Yeah, I think it's 1998. And um, she gave you a couple hundred bucks to go to board for her five-year-old. One of my favorite stories of all time. Yeah, was- tell me again, Daddy. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. Um, everybody gather around. Now, um, that was, first of all, I didn't have my own shaping bay at the time. So it was more like she came up the driveway and it was, a, it was uh, I was working at Country Surfboards, which was this, this like old school, like one of the most like, kind of legendary North Shore um, surf factories. And it was, the, the factory was literally across the street, straight across the street from Sunset. So like, if you walk down the driveway and go across the street, you're at the parking lot at Sunset. And um, it was in, it was in like a yard in this guy's backyard of his house, but it was a big piece of property. And he, he had these, these like, these epic buildings that just went on and on forever. And there was like stuff like California grass in the back with like, surfboards that you could dig out, cars that you could find. There was always just something weird. Um, it was just an epic, epic old school factory. And that guy, Ed Surfoss, is the guy who owned Country Surfboards. And he gave me my first my first ever surfboard industry industry job, which was fixing dings. And the way I got that job was the first year that I moved. So this was actually, no, I, that was in, yeah, it was later on. But the first year I got that job with him was I moved to the North Shore in 92 
and I bought uh, two boxes of surfboards and that Hamish Graham had made me, and uh, I was I was sponsored by Hamish, and I had no I bought I brought a thousand bucks, a duffel bag full of clothes. Rip Curl sponsored me at the time, and a bunch of Hamishes, and. I didn't really want to work because I just wanted to surf, but that money started trickling out pretty quickly. So my first job I actually got here was at the coffee gallery, which is still in existence in Haleiwa, like down by Cholos. I don't know if you guys have the coffee yeah, gallery, original coffee shop on the North shore. So I was like a barista, whatever there at the time. And um, I worked in the afternoons. I never went to work before one o'clock and I'd work through three days a week and that's it. And, I could eat as much as I wanted to eat when I was there. And I think I earned like, like 200 bucks a week or something like it was, it was pretty meager pay. And I was just enough. I was literally living in a shack in someone's backyard up in Pupakea. I rented a tool shed from somebody for 200 bucks a month. And I had an extension cord running. For, it was a plywood tool shed, like eight by eight tool shed. And I had an extension cord that ran from the main house out to my little shed. And it had a little tiny little mini fridge, like not even like the big size ones. It's like the size of a microwave practically. And then I had, I bought one of the extension cords that has, you know, in the old school extension cords with the light on the end that you hang up to like work on your car, you hang over your hood and it has a light bulb in it. It's all built in. So I had that, that was my light. And so I was living up there and just barely making money. And I would just eat as much as I could at work. And I started breaking boards or buckling boards or whatever. So I started kind of running out of surfboards. And so I found out about Ed's factory and I would go up to Ed, the country surfboards, and he would sell me resin and cloth and let me fix my own boards, right? So like I would, and I knew, I'd been fixing my own boards for since I was a kid. Like my dad um, is a sailor. We have a boat. Like he, he, he was always working with fiberglass and like I've, I've watched it my whole life. So when I, I was fixing my own boards for years, so I started fixing my own boards, and then one day Ed's like, "Dude, you're coming up here all the time, anyways. Like, why don't you just fix this other board over here too, and I'll pay you. I'll split the money. You know, I'm gonna get 40 bucks if you fix this thing. I'll give you 20." And so I would do that. Like, I barely, I was like, I don't really want to work. I just want to go surfing. And I was, so I just slowly started working for Ed, and and he he dragged me into more and more of that, and it was pretty great. Like, I could just kind of come up there anytime I wanted, and. I could make pretty good money, actually. You can make pretty good dough. And, the, and then the guys working there, it was a lot of young guys. It was like a young crew of guys working there that were just epic. Like some of my, like one of my good friends, Mike Hart, who's the airbrusher there. And like I was just talking the other day, where he lives in Boston now, but like we're still good friends. Like just, just these classic characters. And then the people that came and went through there were just classic. And then there was like everyone had a nickname. There was like Mr. Shitty, and there was freaking like, it's just, just all these crazy. It was pretty fast. Anyways, I worked there and started fixing dings. So that was where I slowly learned like everything about boards. Like I learned how to. I was already into surfboards as far as like the knowledge of like I was into shaping as a thought, not really as a reality. Um, I was always interested in surfboards. Matt Moore, when I was growing up in Santa Barbara, um, shaped all my boards, and he was like. He's not that much older than me, but he's kind of like, he's almost like a father figure, but like he's not, he's only maybe 15 years older than me, but he like took care of us when we were kids. And like, I worked in his, I worked in his surf shop when I was like 15 in, in Carpentria. And he would take us all these contests, all this stuff. So 
I watched him shape every surfboard that he ever made me. And he would always explain stuff to me or he'd let me like take a template and, and draw my own outline, you know, help me like learn stuff. But he, he never like, here's how you shape, but he just kind of let me absorb stuff. So I was always interested in it. And then working at Country Surfboards, I started to learn how to glass. So I was like, fixing dings is basically like building a whole board because except in this spot this big, you're like filling some hole and then reshaping it. And then you're glassing and sanding. You know, you kind of learn all the processes of building a surfboard through that. And, um, so that's where I finally, in my head, I always kind of wanted to shape a board, but I'm also a super bad draw. Like I can't draw. I'm a really bad artist. Like if you ask me to draw something, I'm terrible. And so in my head, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to shape a board. Like I can't even draw like a, a tree or, or, you know, I can't draw anything. And um, so, well, sorry, long story. But um, basically I finally, just went, oh, I'm going to buy a blank and try it. And, and Ed had shapers, so he had surf, I mean, he had um, shaping rooms on the property too, over in the bushes. This guy, um, James Turnbull, who's like a, a pretty legendary old school shaper, had a shaping room and he said I could use it and I could make a board. So that's where I made my first board, like slowly just kind of started making stuff. And eventually I rented another shaping room from Ed, who it was in the backyard of Ricardo Pomar, who was like a sunset old school legend um felipe and ricardo are these two peruvian things that are pretty classic guys and anyway i got a shaping room eventually but at this point actually at that point i had that shaping room. so alex comes up i'm working at ed she walks up and she has from my memory she has all three kids with her and like so john was five that would make nathan three and ivan like in diapers one years old probably and for whatever reason and i it's so funny because anytime anybody asks me about the story, I always go, God, I got to ask Alex, like, why did she, how did she come to me? And I think it was through my friend, Edie Johnson, who maybe suggested it, or I'm not positive. But anyway, she came up and just said, hey, can you make my kid a board? He's, he's five, and here's, here's the board he's riding, and it was a used board. He'd never had a new board, and he had, like, a 5'2 or something that's actually if you watch that movie, Sicker Than Water, him and, and Kona Johnson in the beginning are surfing. He's riding this little yellow rail board. John's like five years old. And um, she just said, hey, he needs a, he wants a four six. And da, 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 you know, just kind of gave me the idea for what to do. And then I just went for it and shaped it. I had to like make templates and figure it all out. And it was, um, I have that board downstairs here in my factory. Um, and it's, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that thing is pretty rough. <laughs> but I shaped it. I shaped it. I airbrushed it. I glassed it. I sanded it. I had to, I bought like real like normal thruster fins. It was all glass on fins then, and it was like I cut them down to kid size fins. And figured out what to do with that and the whole deal. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty special. And then it was, but it was really hard because when you even now like the smallest blanks are like five eight, five nines. I think it was a five nine part foam blank and. To get a four six out of a five nine, you have to chop a ton of stuff off the tail, which ends up being really really thick. And so to shape that down and kind of try to foil that was really difficult hand shaping. So it was, it was interesting. But um, I remember it, it was this thing. Hmm? I remember I chatted you, and and it's too bad that John John was just such a flash in the pan and never amounted to anything, and all your work just went unnoticed. That early work. But uh, I remember chatting with you early on about, yeah, precisely that, about shaping a board that small 
nobody was doing that, yeah. right? I mean, so no, you that was the weirdest part. Yeah, you had to just go off no, like, on your own. There, it wasn't like I went and got another board that big and looked at it and said, like, oh, this is what I should do. I mean, I'm sure there were obviously there are shapers making boards that small. I would think, but I had never seen one, and and at the time now, like it's it's such a, a the time perspective on things is really different because kids surf so young now. Like you see kids, you're like, is that kid five? Like I was surfing Rocky Point the other day, and like I swear this girl was eight years old getting set waves out there, you know, like and ripping. So that's normal now, but back then that was not at all normal. Like he was the only kid that was like paddling out by himself and catching his own waves, and like even at that age, it was just like, whoa, this is this is different, you know. Um, can you describe radical. the uh, can you describe the um the reaction that um you got from alex and and john john and the other guys when you'd finally finished the board and you presented it to them do you remember that moment it's funny i don't remember that at all and i don't remember a lot of things in life too so it's not surprising but um i don't i'm really bad at like timeline too like i don't remember like what your things how i trip out when i hear people talking about that but like, yeah 2007, I did this. But um, I don't remember exactly. I just remember that, like, he was stoked. Like, I remember, I might not have even, I'm not sure if she might have just come up and picked it up herself, or I might have dropped it off at their house or something. We live we live right down the street, kind of, and um, I don't remember that part of it at all. Did, when you were shaping it, did, oh, oh, sorry to cut you off. Wow, well, I have a lot. No, no, not at all. But when you were shaping it, did you feel, or, I mean, let's be honest. So you're, you were a surfer, surf bum from Santa Barbara, ended up in Hawaii to surf, not to shape. When did you realize you had a gift for shaping? I mean, was it just like, cause clearly like a marquee athlete like John John wouldn't stick with you unless there was something real happening. And I think that's been not to blow smoke, but that's been borne out by, you know, the models that you've done that. I don't know, like long time what? Where does Derek, where does the ghost rank in long Tom's heart? Uh it's the board he rides when it's um five foot plus. He loves yeah. I mean everyone 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 loves the ghost. Precisely. And so to, to yeah. I mean the, everyone everyone wants to be John John and Margaret River. Yeah. It, it feeds a million. Yeah, fans. me too, right? I wanna I wanna be actually Aki at like J Bay and what was it like nineteen ninety whatever, I don't know. But um <laughs> But when uh, when did you figure it out that okay I have, a, I have an actual gift at this? It's not just I'm not doing it accidentally. I'm purposefully making beautiful things. I've never considered it like that way so much. I don't think, but um, I think what what oh the part of the story that I kind of skipped in the in the shape your first board thing like hey okay, I'm going to shape a board. I literally told myself hey I suck at drawing. I just, this is probably going to be a failure. And I'm like, I'm going to make one surfboard. That was my, that was my thought in my head. Was just, I'll make one board. And if it's shitty, I'm over it. And if it's whatever, we'll see, you know? And, and that was really, um, so that first board, I shaped it, glassed it. It was a, it was like a funny big board, you know, it was like a stick too, which at the time was like a short board, which now is like, that's my like second step up board. But, um, I, the board was good. Like it worked. And it felt good. And like, I actually sold it to somebody later, you know, like it was like that right there was the, the, the first stage for me was just, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm really good at this. It was just like, Oh, wow. I made something that does work. And like, I can continue on with this. And the whole starting point wasn't like, okay, now I'm going to have a business. I'm going to do this. Like it, 
40 bucks to get another blank and make my next board. And at the time I was, um, at the time I was, I'd been here, I'd gone through all my, um, my Hamish's and that relationship had changed and gone away because partially because of distance and partially just personal stuff with Hamish that was funny, but we're fine now, but it was a little weird. But, um, but over here, I became friends with all these guys from Ventura. Like one of my best friends that year, uh, um, these guys, these Ventura guys, the, the Bill, you've been to the Billabong house, right? Yeah. The Billabong house at Off the Wall. Well, my friends from Ventura, who I didn't know when I moved here, they all lived in that house. Like that was just a house back then. It was like, it didn't used to be any, you know, it was just people owned houses and rented them out. And these two nurses had the lease for that house. And these friends of mine from Ventura that were all like handsome young surfer guys rented rooms from them and lived there. And so that became, I would leave my little shack up in Kupakea and go down to pipeline off the wall. And that was like my friend's house. That's where we hung out all That's, day, every day. You're, you're leading some sexy stories, eh? What's that? You're leading into some sexy stories because the way you sort of said, you know, the nurses and good looking friends. No, the nurses were not, the nurses actually, one of them is super cool and she still lives here today. And the other one, I don't know where she went, but um, it wasn't like that so much as just like really fun. Like we had this house and there was a guy, like one of the guys lived, he rented for a hundred bucks a month. He rented the space to sleep underneath like a shell from a truck, like you put on the back of a, of a pickup truck. That thing was on the ground on some wood in the backyard, and that's where he slept every night. And he was a construction worker and went to work and served. And he was like a heavy guy from Oxnard, which at the time then, too, was gnarly. You couldn't just, like, go surf Oxnard and have a great time. You had to, like, hide your car and walk down separately and do all this stuff. And, and so I became friends with that, those guys. And the, one of my best friends at that time that I, I met that year was this guy, Dylan Aoki. And we started talking about stuff and, and I was explaining this one time when, um, when I had surfed a spot in Ventura with my friend and, and someone had smashed the window, his windshield with a rock. We got out of the water and he's like, was that a yellow VW bug? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I did that. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy's like to this day, like my, my daughter is like best friends with his daughter. We're super close. So I'm like, that was, that's, we became really good friends. It was so funny. Like, yeah, I smashed your car window, you know? Like, um, Does your daughter go around smashing smashing windows right. with a buddy now? Yeah, no, there's no. Everything's real nice. We're all nice people here now. Dylan's a fireman. Is like great guy. He didn't smash any windows after that. But these guys are pretty rugged from Ventura. But um, so that anyways, they introduced me to Jeff Bushman. That's where I was going. Those guys introduced me to Jeff Bushman, who was he had he, from the East Coast originally, but he was a Ventura mainstay and he shaped boards and had a surf shop in Ventura and then he moved to the North Shore and he became he's a freaking North Shore surfing surfboard legend the guy still is like incredible shaper super unreal guy and they I met him through Dylan and all these Ventura guys that all got boards from him and then that's how I started I, so I needed new boards I started getting my boards off Bushy but what he did is when I started I never got a short board off him I don't think I was just getting guns from him and then I, at that same time, I started shaping my own board. So I was just shaping my short board. And then I was, I was afraid to trust myself in big waves on boards that I had shaped at that point. And so Bushman was the guiding light with that, where he just brought me right in. The guy's like a, he's like a full guru kind of person. And he's just really giving and really like, 
just genuine guy. And for whatever reason, he, he and I got along really well. And he just brought me, he has a shaping room at his house, underneath his house, a shaping machine. And he brought me in there and just said, you can use my room anytime. Here's my, he literally opened up a book with like rocker measurements and like, and, and charts of like how to, what rocker to put into boards and how to do stuff and just, and sat there with me and watched me handshake boards and, and just like, you can use my room, come on anytime, do whatever you want. Like this unreal guy. So he was the person that really guided me from that point forward as far as like improving with shaping and also telling me even in a more detailed way, like what works and why it works and, and just gave me kind of a, um, he gave me like a full on foundation to kind of base everything else that I've done further off of. And then he ended up giving me a job um, finishing pre-shapes for him. So like he would give me, that was, that was my next job from like, I still worked at Country Surfboard where I started, I was a fin and hot coat guy. So I was hot coating boards all day. And then Bushman was letting me shape boards. So I shaped for him too. And that was how I really started moving forward. But it was a super slow process. I mean, in the first year of shaping, I probably made myself like four boards. And it wasn't like, I'm like, all right, I'm in production. But um, so he, he helped me with everything he could. And then I think my biggest like breakthrough where I got better was I got eventually I was making more and more boards. I think I think I looked it up and figured out like I have a book. I actually have it right here. I have a book of like, this is in my little child drawer uh boards 96 to question mark and like i would write down every i'd write little stuff about every oh here's the shaping is good here's a little here's a little here's a little <laughs> thing i made from, I, I honestly didn't just crop this i'm not trying to like oh i'll bust out the book like but i did <laughs> um so every board you shape from 96 to whenever is uh in yeah the book. but like here's here's my here's my uh Shaping surfboard, 12-26-1995. The beginning is something good. This is what I wrote. Shaping is, is great. Number one, don't wear shoes to work. Number two, 40-foot commute. Number three, no alarm clock or time clock. Number four, making things to make people laugh and smile. Number five, creative juices flowing. And number six, most important, was no boss. <laughs> so that, that's, that's a great company story. I've read that probably in about 15 years. But that is epic. Uh, my point is, I wrote down all these books. I have all this stuff in here, and I found, I looked through it, and I tried to find it, and I think I found John's board was like, I have it in here somewhere. It a really, really, it was in the hundreds, you know? It was like, I literally wrote every single one, and it's like, I don't know. It's pretty, anyways. Point is, I barely made any boards at that point, and so it was like just a, a beginning of the whole process. So it wasn't like I went, oh, I, I'm, I got, I got this magic, but I did have a passion for it, obviously. And it was something that, like, in my, as soon as I started doing it, it was like, oh, this is what I want to do. You know? But and see, yeah, if you're writing down every damn board you're shaping, then you're clearly tracking something. At 96, because you're already a star at that point, right? Not even, not at all. Like I was just—that's it. That was like the beginning. I did—I shaped my first board in '95. So like, here's oh. it, here's John on three four number three forty two a four ten. So that's later on. Like I I didn't 
And all the boards I was shaping at that point were like for my friends. It was like, oh yeah, I'll shape your board for like 40 bucks because you'll, you'll pay me to do something that I'm going to learn. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to make money. A lot of it was like, I'll shape your board and I'll glass it. So I'll get paid for the glass job. It was just a... But what the hell were you doing tracking your dibs do. and stuff? But you were, fall, you were feeling something. Because I wanted to get good, yeah. But exactly. Well, and Bushman had, had taught me some stuff. You know, he's like, hey, this is, this is what you do. And, and like, I literally can't give that guy enough credit. Like he... He was just like, cause so many shapers are so weird. We're just a lot. Of, we're weirdos. But like, I mean, you're, yeah. Like, That's you never know that. And Bushman was like, bullshit, dude. Here, this you want a six dude? You want to put this much scale rocker? You cut it in like this, and you do this, and it was pretty incredible. But um, you, but then it was just like this long, slow process. Real quick, do you feel scared? Speaking of feeling scared about paddling in on one of your own guns back then. Do you feel scared when John John paddles in on one of your guns now? Not anymore. I um. You feel I, like okay, I, I got I got him. Well, we're he and I, as far as surfboards go, like we don't. It's we're never too far apart with that stuff anymore. You know, it's not like I go like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Let's do this. Like he's such a um, he's like a one percent guy. Like where he is, his the tuning of his stuff is just that little final little bit of things when we when we make changes they're very they're very refined changes they're not like big jumps that much i mean we do big jumps where it's like hey here's a totally different model like the ghost was a big jump like hey try this and i'd already been making that for other people when i gave him one and just said hey give me a shot see what you think you know but um no i'm pretty i've had like mark healy said he thought he, he almost died on a wave that he rode one of my big like a nine six or nine six was a nine seven at maverick his first wave he literally felt like he almost died and like he's like oh i gotta get out of here like this thing sucks all this thing's a widow maker that's what he said exact words and um and then typical mark healy style he couldn't stay on the inside he had to like he had to go back to the peak you know he's like i'm not gonna catch a little one in like that's not what he does that's his brain's not wired like that so he went back out to the peak here or he kind of drifted out whatever he ended up getting like apparently on that day he's like i got the biggest wave of the day and paddling into it was that was one of the scariest waves of my entire life like he's like i was sure i was just gonna just eat shit and be fucked because well, of your and, shit um, worked. yeah it worked, no but it worked great like it was just like a random thing his first wave was like i thought the wind caught it flipped it upside down like and um and that board is the paddle rack like that's the board that like john won the eddie on that same design and like billy kemper's on jaws four times on that same board basically and like so that once you get like guys like that to test stuff you don't really have to worry that much anymore i think if 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 they're comfortable they're gonna they're gonna keep sticking to it and if they're not comfortable they're gonna tell you and you can adjust from there really I think. Why, why don't you stick and crow your guns more like you could literally sell one of your guns to every hollywood exec in all of hollywood and greater los angeles just to hang on the wall you should say this is the this is the board you need when babes come over. This is the board you need to show them. I'm gonna help you out, buddy. I got yeah. Show your big board. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. You can I just crushing it on those. That. Like, uh, whoop. That's your market. I, I'm not. <laughs> the the true answer. You're famous now. Cheesy, but I'm just no. I'm just not driven by money like that. Like I'm not like how can I make a bunch of money doing you know that's just to me that's lame. I don't. I don't, I'd rather, I'd rather give some guy a board and see him get a bomb, not make a penny, than like 
self endorse a ten thousand dollar board. Do you trust uh, your boards enough to give to to Derek and I and have us paddle out at where? Derek, where can we paddle out? Let's paddle out at Mavericks. We okay, should, at Mavs. We should set a, we should set a, side, we should set a side thing like we could just set it like ten foot Hollyva. Like that's a doesn't sound that big, right? It's just one of the more terrifying ten foot waves on the North Shore. But oh god, just just dragging you further north, further north, further north. <laughs> Save me, Johnny. Save me. That like isn't gonna. So any, anyways, that's that's. I don't. I just yeah. The 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 gun thing. I don't know. Whatever. It's like. It's cool. It's a. It's there's not a. I really. I I think that making those big wave boards really makes me. Like gives me a lot of pride. Like I'm super stoked, and it makes me like. I, I love like seeing those guys do good, and like I feel like wow, I was a part of that. And, like how they made that wave or whatever happened, and like that's pretty special. And that like to me, I don't. Um, there's a lot of guys that are kind of like um, gun shapers, you know. And and I actually really purposely one thing. I've had a few lucky thoughts in my head I guess about things along the way and, and one of them was when I was since I'm in Hawaii um, I wanted to be very as I actually did start developing into uh, like having a business I wanted to make sure that I didn't get pigeonholed as like that Hawaii gun shaper really to be honest so I really didn't talk about it much when it was happening along the way and um, I didn't really push that too much because I just I was afraid I'd rather like no one in Japan is riding a gun. You know what I mean? Like no one's like I wanted to have a good business. Um, so I guess I am driven by money in some senses. But like just as far as I mean, yeah, everyone wants to make you know a living. But um, but I just wanted to. I didn't want to get stuck being like the guy that like people came to Hawaii and got their board and that was it. They got three boards a year for me, and then next year they came back and got another board or whatever. I wanted to be international when I I wanted to have boards that I could make so that like you guys can ride the same board that I make for somebody else here and um and have it work good wherever I went and I travel a lot not as I, I travel a little bit less for shaping than I used to but I used to go on like tons and tons of shaping trips and like I had to go make money and that was the way to do it is like fly somewhere for two weeks and shape your brains off and come home and but when you do that, you're going to these places. A lot of them have really shitty waves. And so you look at the boards there that people are riding and you get a lot of input. So I try to take um, a lot of input from where I thought I could sell my boards and where I thought my boards would be going and make sure that they work there and that people didn't like just buy a board because they're like, oh, this is cool. It's from Hawaii. And then take it home and go, God, this thing, why did I get this? This is horrible, you know? Um, I wanted people to be happy with what they got from me wherever they were going. So that's where I've tried to be pretty diverse what I what I do. It's interesting you talk about and, um, being was, sorry, it's interesting you talk about being stigmatized as a just a, a gun shaper or a Hawaiian shaper, because you have guys who can shape amazing yeah. small wave boards like Wade Takoro, Eric Harakawa. But in everyone, you know, most people's heads, you go to Hawaii and you get their boards for riding pipe or sunset or Haleiwa, not when you go to surf. And that's, you know, I I, um, I came into the shaping game kind of late in my life. Like I was, whatever I was at that age, I was 27 or something when I started really getting into shaping at 26. And, um, and so I'd had an opportunity to kind of see guys and what they're doing and like how they're, I, I looked up to those guys shaping-wise and they were already like well-established shapers, you know, like it's trippy. I trip out Eric how I feel like that guy's been must have been shaping when I was like three or something, but he's not even that much older than me. 
But those are guys like that have been shaping as far as I can remember, as far as being in Hawaii, you know. And but and not to take anything away from them in any form, they're unreal. But that was kind of like, in a sense, that was what I was looking at. Like, hey, I don't want to just have that. I want to have more opportunities than that, and uh, be able to kind of expand from that, I guess. So you see your big design breakthrough, you know, obviously it was the ghost and, and John, John, um, going crazy at, uh, at Margaret river. So talk about the effect that that board had on your career and also the, you know, the secret source, because there's, you know, the wide forward point, the pulled in tail it, is, it isn't new, but there's something about the, uh, the ghost that, um, worked and, and captured people's imaginations. It, um, it was just, it kind of was a slow process. That thing was like, I've made some weird boards way back that were like similar to that. Like, and even when I was hand shaping, like one of my friends, Eddie Donlin, right. If you listen to this, like, Hey Eddie, hi. Um, he, he got this board that I made him that the original one was a full on mistake. I, I hand shaped for a long time before like Bushman wouldn't let me use his machine. I was shaped, I was finished shaping boards off a machine uh, from him. And he, but he would not let me like, I, I shaped, I, I don't know. I, I did over a thousand hand shapes before I ever touched the shaping machine. And that doesn't sound like that's nothing compared to like these guys. There's legends, you know, it's like, I'm just like this baby guy, but I did hand shape enough to like get a handle on it, which is really nice. And I can still hand shape a board. But, um, but one of the boards that I made was a, a, a fuck up from screwing up an outline, like literally measuring the nose and like, one side was I accidentally measured it an inch in further. Like I just went to the same, you know, I thought it was this and a quarter, but it was really like an inch in. And I drew the outline, cut out the board. I remember it was supposed to be like a six, six or something and like a step up board. And then I'm like, Hey, something's wrong here. And I look at it and I'm like, Oh man, this thing's fucked. So at that point, like every blank, you don't now if we screw up a blank, I'm like, okay, put that thing aside. We'll deal with it later. Or, or if we end up trying to throw them away. But um, let's be honest at that point, like, every blank was top dollar for me and my, you know, every, every dollar really counted. And I remember I re template. So I like, I just, I basically chopped off the nose of that board and made it like more of a rounded nose. And I called it the bulldog. And, um, that, that was just like, I just write, I, mean, I didn't have models even at that point. There was no model. It's like you want a short board, you want to step up, you want to, you know, whatever. But, um, I remember I wrote bulldog on it cause it was like this stubby looking kind of bulldog thing. And I wrote, it was like a, five eight or something and i wrote it at like eight foot sunset and i was like what i can catch waves on this board and it's sick like it's super fun and then my friend eddie he lives up in san francisco and and he came over for a visit one time and he saw that i want one of those and like to this day he'll be like dude where's my new bulldog like one bulldog but so it's it it that wasn't like the genesis of that by any means but it's like a lot of it like literally the ghost came from like a fucked up blank at one point where like it was a step up board um in bali i had some free shapes shipped there one summer to do some work like like 40 or 60 boards they got shipped they got cut in australia and they shipped them over there and one of the noses broke off a six four or something and i'm like oh i don't want to throw this away bali everything was hard to come by then too i was over there and so i chopped the nose off and retemplated it and i basically made a ghost of the 511 out of that board um and I wrote it myself a bunch of like Uluwatu and even like little Bingin, tiny little waves. And it worked great. So that was the beginning of that for me. It was like, oh, wow, you can have this 
I didn't re-template anything in the tail, so I chopped all the nose off, so that moves the wide point up, right? You're removing that front part of the board. And then even the rockers actually moved the apex of the rockers still forward. I didn't change the bottom at all. All I did was kind of template the nose and then cut some rocker in the very front part to blend it in really nice. And um, and I just realized, like, wow, this is cool. You don't really need that. Like, it's basically like I had a 6.4, but I'm riding a 5.11. So it fits into these little spaces that a, a 6.4 wouldn't, but it has, like, holding power and, and feel of a bigger board. But then it's looser because it's so short and small, and it works really super fun. You know, so that was that was where that kind of came from as far as design wise, and then it just kind of slowly got to it, that board was actually kind of a little wider through the nose than the ghosts are now, and I eventually that, I made a model called the shortcut, and that was kind of the shortcut, and then eventually I trimmed out some of the fat out of the nose of the shortcut, and that's what the ghost turned into, and uh, and then the way that it worked with Don is I just I was making him for some people here making them for some people that were going to Tahiti they liked them a lot at Chokes um this kid uh, is one of the irons is a cousin of um Annie and Bruce really good surfer um Sadie Iron Sadie Iron really good surfer and um he was going to Tahiti and riding them like dude this thing's insane it works so good over here at Chokes like not super big waves but like and so I finally, I'm like, I may as well just make one of these for John. He was riding my normal step up, which is basically what the ghost came from too. So I'm like, oh, I can just give him this little cut down version and see what he thinks about it. And the first thing I heard back from him was like, I really like it. He did a huge uh, alley-oop at Backdoor. I don't remember if you guys remember, but like it was a stormy day at Backdoor. He'd never even talked to me about riding the board or not. And then I saw this clip and he's like, I don't know if he came out of a barrel or he just like pumped down the line and he just did this giant alley hoop and landed it. And I'm like, hey, what what board was that? You know? And like, oh, that was that that six two you made me that other, that new one thing, whatever. And I had a gray one, so that's why I called it the ghost because it was not his, but the one I had made myself was gray with black rails. I ghost you know, I don't know. How much? How much does name matter? Like in terms of award popping. Like if it was called the shortcut, I feel like it wouldn't have popped the way it did. The ghost popped because clearly it was a good board, but also because it was named the ghost. Yeah, the um, it's not that easy coming up with names that aren't stupid for surfboards, and it's like it's just a weird thing because like now you have to have a name. You know, like I said, it was like you didn't use it; you just had a shortboard or you had this or whatever. You know, um. The shortcut was literally that, like I cut off, it was the shorter chop, you know, that's where I, I used the literal sense of that. But um, I think it's, I think it's probably not that important, except that it like, it's more important what the board does. Yeah, it's marketing. I mean, it's, it sounds good or it doesn't sound good. Yeah, it goes, it goes, sounds, it goes sounds good. And it's like, it's all like in hindsight, it's all very clear, right? Like, oh, clearly this is an epic board that John John rode epically called the ghost boom, 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 boom. Right. But if John John Ward, the epic board called the Dumbo, yeah, maybe. Yeah. He, he had a board before that. The model that he was riding all the time before that was called the bastard. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's a good name and, too. Uh, you should, you should put that back. I, love, I loved it, but literally like his mom would like, be like, that is so lame. Like she would tell me, Alex would just go, 
you don't put that on his board. Like she was like scolded me for that name. She just thought it was terrible. Like, that just sounds that's just a lame thing to but is is it and then is John John a bastard? No, they were married, right? Alex and the No, of course not. No. Are you sure? Yeah, do you know what a do you know what a bastard actually is? Quite sure. <laughs> I have two of them. So my two kids were oh, yeah. they're both bastards. <laughs> they were uh, they were born before we got married. I had two kids before I married my wife. Yeah, perfect. So See? Them, you guys you got bastards. But yeah, no, so the, the and then but see here's the thing so like the bastard john hated that name too and so when they would interview him at a contest he won he won freaking rio writing a bastard he won rio twice writing <laughs> bastard he never said the word bastard one time in an interview when someone said like what board are you writing he's like oh sick though i saw. like so he never he never put any fire to it you know what i mean there was no gas yeah. on that on that fire yeah and so once we um once now that we have boards that he likes today but he's happy to talk about him a little more so that definitely adds you know it's, it's almost like the athlete the guy the surfer just saying like hey talking about it you know but who is surfing's greatest bastard real quick because i feel you could repurpose the bastard for derek who is surfing's greatest current bastard i reckon eric logan would love a bastard do you think Eric Logan is a bastard? <laughs> no, I thought, God, I'm, I'm so enthralled with that man. He had me, um, he held me in the palm of his hand the other way. <laughs> God, you guys, you guys, when you guys get around Eric Logan, it's like he's just swaddling the babies and just putting a bottle in their mouth. You guys oh, are just curling. We just, we just, we just, we just melt, Johnny. You just start, <sighs> you start cooing. He just We're nothing. He you over his shoulder and burps you when he's done. He's like, We're not oh, it's okay, guys. We're not North Shore hard. I'm so sad that I didn't get to grow up North Shore hard. I could have put up with Eric Logan then. Dude, I, I could have put him in I, a headlock. I just, yeah, I'm um, if yeah, I'm I'm California. Like I don't even. I grew up in Santa Barbara. Like I'm from California, hundred percent. You know what I mean? So I'm not North Shore hard either. It's but, a um, sad way to yeah. go through this world. Stinking veterans were North Shore hard. World War II fighters were. They were all North Shore hard. We're not. Hey, Johnny, can you talk about the um, the immediate success of the guys? I, I think that's the most fascinating thing okay. about that model. Right. Let's get back it was because it. It, was, it was literally overnight. You know, people saw John surfing Margaret River, and I reckon your, your fucking website must have just melted down. Everyone wanting a piece of it. It's yeah, it's not quite that dramatic, I don't think, but yeah, it definitely changed my situation as far as that goes like what it did really more than anything it was it doesn't work like that you don't go like look at this and then all of a sudden next day like i got 150,000 orders before you do definitely get boards and then all of a sudden i think it's over a slower period of time where um people start asking for it at shops you know so they go to their shops they're all hey do you have this do you have this and then all of a sudden they're like oh what we haven't heard about something like so it just gets it gets traction that way i think more than anything but it definitely it definitely Set things up for us there, and then the coolest thing about it is, because running a surfboard business is really tricky when you have all these models and you're doing all this different stuff, and you're like, you're trying to build boards and put them in stores and, and make the right choices, right? You don't want to build. I don't want a board to get. I don't. I don't want a shop to get 50 of my boards and only sell five of them, right? Like I want them to sell. I want. I'd rather have them get 20 boards and sell all of them or whatever. You know, I don't want to have them. I want them to go through what they buy. So I want people to go in there looking for that board 
And once you get something where it got that specific, that got a whole lot easier. So it was like, hey, we're looking for this board. We want this thing right now. And so shops, we couldn't make, uh, eventually it got to the point where like, we could just make ghosts and ghosts and ghosts and ghosts. And I think it would, I think um, it probably peaked at like, it was like well over 35% of our sales in a year as far as surfboards go. You know, it was like that particular model in the world. Uh, it was pretty significant for a single model, for sure. And then it just let us, it let us streamline for us. It was all of a sudden it was like, oh, we can just, we can make these and people will buy them. We're not going to be like stuck next year, like discounting stuff, trying to get rid of boards that we, we couldn't sell that people weren't interested in. So, um, but the, um, the only negative to it, I think, would be like people buying it and then be disappointed in it because maybe they're not surfing the ways that it was meant to be written in. Um, particular but don't put it on people john that's really rude that's <laughs> really mean to, yeah. to put people, people aren't good enough for it no but there's a level you know i mean and there's there's a design you the designs have limitations and they have special applications too and that word for sure is like I, it, it excels in like head high plus width if it's under shoulder high that's not the board you want to be on and john for the first year after like really like after margaret it was like that's all he wanted to ride so he's, he's like a, he gets kind of rain manish about stuff like that, where he's like, this is what I want. I'm just going to ride this every time, you know, kind of thing. And um, because he's so tuned into it, but then the the conditions would fight against him a little bit sometimes, you know, like, I mean, it, it doesn't always, you have to be adaptable with surfboards and stuff. And sometimes he, he's learned, a, like, he's not like that anymore. But at that point, he was kind of like that, where it was like, I'm just going to ride this board all the time. Okay, but so, as an artist, as an artist in your prime, right? Cutting you off again. But did you think, uh oh, I just created my please, masterpiece? Hey, but uh, did, did you feel I just created my masterpiece it, and now I'm stuck with the rest of my life never beating this board? Uh, like that would terrify me. Derek, have you, have you written your like masterpiece? <laughs> no, I've, I've never uh, peaked at anything. I would, I would have no idea what it's like to create something like the ghost. Exactly, it's still out there, right? But yeah, you yeah, and I, I feel yeah, 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 you were, you were welcome so. to paradise. That's not a master. Yeah, you, yeah. Please, <laughs> you yeah, and I at a level. Yeah, that's master. Chaz, Chaz, Chaz is going to start berating himself now. Just like, oh, I'm just terrible. And no, no, no. But I'm saying that I've, I like nobody's ever said I created a masterpiece. People have said you've created a masterpiece. What do you, as a creator, do with that? That's killer. Like, I want to. Do some more, you know. I'm so got like, more in you. Super compliment. That's a great compliment, and like that was um, that was that means a lot to me, obviously. And like the, and I and it's super cool because I get I get messages from people all the time, like, oh, dude, I had the, you know, I, I get a lot of really good feedback from that board, which is really nice, and it makes me feel good. It's killer. But um, but as a like, especially as like a, a shaper to pro surfers and a shaper to specifically the John, like I know that like. He's had boards already in the past. Like he had this board called the Flash. He had the the bastard that, that was like, this is the board. I need this. This is what I'm doing. Like he's winning contests. He wins. You know, he's, he's killing it. But but you, I know that he's gonna go away. He's gonna change to something else. Like that board is not gonna always be his go-to thing. Like it won't be. I don't think. And so I'm gonna have to come up with something else. And I'm gonna have to either listen to him. In this case, this was a this was a case of where I literally just gave him something I made and it clicked with him. 
um, that's not always the case. A lot of times it's like, hey, let's get some feedback. And he's telling me, like, I want it to do this. And I want it to do that. And, and he's like a dream team writer because he's, A, super smart. B, when you can get him on the phone or to return a text, gone. Um, he, he doesn't listen. really good. He's really good at explaining stuff, right? And he's really good at like pinpointing what part of the board is doing something, and and then I'll watch a video of that wave that he's talking about, and I'll see exactly what he's saying, and I'll and he's like, yeah, it's right there, not that, that six inch area right in front of the fins is doing this weird thing, and I'll look at it and go like, oh wow, that's crazy, that's what he's doing, you know? So he's he's like, it's bizarre how tuned in he is to stuff, and so he's a really valuable um, asset in that sense where. We can so moving forward if he's like, yeah, I'm kind of getting sick of this or whatever it is, um, we will do something. Hopefully, it's going to be. I, I think the unique thing and the the way that the ghost works so well, not specifically works for him, but like how it's been um, embraced by people, is that it's pretty. It's super user friendly. Like it's as far as like if you took all the guys on tour and like took their boards and wrote it, he's he's got one of the boards that's like. Most people, like, if I give you a, an average, full average surfer, kind of a bigger, chunkier ghost, they're going to have a good time in all kinds of ways, you know? It's like when you ride that super refined version that's, like, just just your perfect volume or whatever, then it might want a little more push. But, like, guys are buying that in, like, chunky form, stock, stock sizing, and they're, like, riding six, six ghosts. And they're like, this thing's insane. And it's, like, it's a super fun board. It's got this really fast, easy rocker. It paddles great. It turns easy. It's like it has all these characteristics that are like they help people have a good time surfing. And so I think that is a huge part of it. If if people had bought that board and gone, this thing's killing, it wouldn't have, you know, it could only last so long. Like it's still our, it's in our top three of boards for sure that we sell to this day. Like absolutely, and it's been years now, right? Like when was that Margaret River? Two thousand seventeen. Yeah, so it's been three years. I was say 16, like, but it's probably 17. Uh, 16 was the first year he won the title, and that he won that riding bastard. He wasn't riding the ghost. But yeah. no one buys a bastard. Until you Derek find a bastard surfer it. to surf it. Derek? Uh, Derek's not a the bastard. bastard. The mm. bastard The bastard is the board that Jordy Smith picked for stab. Like the stab in the dark. That was a bastard. And we renamed it the radius because no one wanted to. Call it the bastard, and I changed it a little bit, and we call it the radius now. And radius. so, what's so what are, what are you making? What are you, what are you making for John right now? What's he writing? What's he digging? He actually, I got some really fun stuff coming up, but um, he's writing a ghost. So now, what we've done now is we he's really good at like um, he's very good at at like compartmentalizing spots. Like, hey, let's go. I need a board for this. This is going to work here. And so I need what's going to work for here. The ghost is going to be good for this, whatever. So the shadow is the board that he's most, um, that's his, that's his second board is the shadow. And that's his like head high and below board basically. And it'll work well in his like pumping range, but he'll switch it to a ghost. If it's like, I guess it's like ceiling high. I like to say ceiling high. Um, and the shadow is based off the ghost. Like, so that's the, um, you guys just stop me from talking if I'm talking too much. My wife's like, "No, I'm I'm, in, I'm enthralled. You're almost as good as Eric Logan. So if you don't, if you don't talk corpo, you talk pretty good." <laughs> I don't do corpo speak. There's 
some synergy and definitely we're going to have to circle back around to that. And then, <laughs> let's, um, let's, let's unpack. Okay. Let's bifurcate. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's bifurcate. I like that our corpus oh, speak oh is like God. 10 years old. Yeah, <laughs> talk yeah, yeah. 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 They're like, whoa, <laughs> listen to these old guys. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the thing, so, so in, a, in kind of an answer to, to what you were saying, Chaz, is like, you like to be called Charlie or Chaz? I'm Charlie to you. Chaz, I'm Charlie. Okay. But I'm Chaz to sir. No I'm only having a crisis right now. I was, I was Charlie my whole life. Uh, Chaz was a writing name. Derek even always tried early on in the stab years would always put my byline Charlie because I think Derek liked oh, yeah. Charlie. Derek? Yeah, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like Chaz too much. It seemed, didn't, uh, didn't seem to suit you. I like Charlie. Charlie yeah, that sounds kind of like a... Yeah, Charlie's my name. Like I'm a prep school. Little prep, yeah. prep school kid, Chaz. My name is Charlie Smith. Uh, I just grabbed Chaz yeah, to be an Charlie. Asshole. There you go. <laughs> That's it. I'm Charlie. Chaz is kind of your written... Your, Chaz is your name on paper or... or and the paper that I'm... Hey, Johnny, speaking um, of siblings, do you, make, do you make boards for all three um, foreign sports? I do, yeah, I am. Um, I do. They, they, uh, in the beginning, I always did. Like, the, they didn't even... The, the two, like, Nathan and Ivan didn't surf, really, when John was that young. I mean, they were literally babies. And then as they started surfing, I, I started making boards for them. And that went on for a long time. And then eventually, they were... Um, they were sponsored by O'Neill. All the whole family was sponsored by O'Neill, but they also were sponsored by Vans. And um, Scott Sissimus at Vans, who's a great guy, he was, um, he's good friends with Stretch. And um, I don't know how it all came about exactly, but basically they kind of started getting some boards from Stretch. I think Scott was like trying to help out Stretch, getting him some exposure on the North Shore. I don't know what it was exactly, but um, they were getting boards from Stretch. And they did that for a long time, and then eventually um, they came back to me. So we're all one big happy family again. It took a while. It was about, I would say, five or six years ago. Five years ago, probably, I started. Nathan started kind of taking John's boards. They were they were about the same size then, and um, and Nathan was surfing really well on John's boards. Um, Stretch is a really good shaper, but he definitely has, like, some kind of unique, you know, he's just kind of in a different little, his own universe. and. Um, Nathan just really liked my board, so he kind of came back to that. So yeah, we're it's all all three of them killer. And I actually just made Alex a longboard that's getting glass right now too. He's nice. And what about uh, what about Ivan? What's because Ivan's a shredder, isn't he? The youngest kid. Yeah, Ivan Ivan's always been really good. He's just like he's been um, he's kind of quiet, you know. And it's easy to be overshadowed when you have like big brothers like that. And and um, Ivan had an accident surfing like really like 20 foot Himalayas um when he was like I think 15 and his board hit him really hard in the face and split his cheek wide open like re- like it was gnarly like it was heavy and and he got rescued and the whole deal and, and um I think that kind of might have traumatized him a little bit as far as like I think it slowed down his surfing a little bit for a while as far as like kind of like stepped away from like trying to get bombs at pipeline or you know he was kind of on that path at that point and i think it made him kind of reevaluate things and, and he just put a lot of energy into skating and skated a lot more and he's in he snowboards him and his mom snowboard a lot together they go on trips a lot and uh but he's a super he's the best skater of the three of them for sure and then and then in the last like couple of years he just kind of really started pushing back into surfing more and more he surfs the whole time 
but he's just like now it's just I don't know what exactly clicked or whatever, but it's not like he's good now. He was always good. He was always like the sickest style and like he's he's incredible. And he's a great kid. I love Ivan. He's like he's a sweetheart. He's a real funny kid. But now he's 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 cool because I've been making a lot of like little stubby boards for him. Like I've always just made kind of like strict high performance boards for all those guys. And then I started like, well, you know, the way Ivan's been surfing, I might start throwing him some weird little five sixes that are fatter and thicker and wider and you know just different little things. And um, he's just loving that stuff. So it's really fun for me to be able to like kind of make stuff up and give it to him and see what he thinks about it. Kind of get outside my little performance box a little bit more sometimes. What's the, um, do, you, do, you, do you base Ivan's boards off a model? Are they, are they kind of Astro Poppy or, or Stubby Bass? Yeah, he has, oh, well, I'll make, uh, yeah, I'll make him, like, he has his normal boards, right? He has, like, he likes the shadow, the ghost, all the standard stuff. But then uh, this board, the Gremlin, which is, like, that's the, um, so the, the ghost, what I was, I was talking with Charlie about before, but we just explain real quick like you're talking about like what's your next thing like how are you going to move forward from the ghost or whatever you know and what what we did what i realized is like hey people love this board so much but it has its limitations so let's let's take the basics of that board and then put it more fit into some different forms and that's where we came up i don't know if you guys are familiar with like the ghost family kind of thing that we we kind of came up with is so it's like there was the ghost and then there was the phantom and the shadow, I mean the um, gremlin. And so basically it's like a ghost and then you squish it down a little bit and that's the phantom. So it's like, and throw a squash shell on it. So it's wider in the nose and it's more of like a traditional short board kind of style outline, but um, but with the same rocker from the ghost, right? With the little adjustments in concave and stuff like that to change it up. And then the gremlin was even one step taking like a phantom and like, Pushing that thing down even more and thickening up the rail and doing that. So, and but yet still really sim, uh, similar rocker. And then eventually I went and did the shadow, which is in between the the, the ghost. It's like a full high performance board. But the the idea was that people will really love this ghost, but then they're coming to me with their limitations, like hey, when it's head high or kind of weak, I, I this thing just doesn't work for me. So what what should I get? And I'm like, well, shit, why don't I make something for that? And so that's where those boards came. And what it allows people to do, or the theory at least that I've had, is that um, you can transition between boards. Because a lot of people, I hear a lot that people have a big hard time. Like, I have my good wave board, and then there's my shitty wave board, and then there's my step up board. And, and transitioning between those when they're really different designs can be tricky. Like, some people don't just adapt to a board that quickly. And um, so my theory was like, hey, let's make boards that, like, even though it's a different it's meant for different kind of waves it still has a very familiar feel to it and so you don't waste like your first five waves of the day going like whoa that was totally different like i fell off because when i thought it was going to turn like this on the bottom turn it didn't it did this or whatever so just to have a familiar feeling and let people have that confidence of like going from their ghosts we're like hey all these people have ghosts they want other stuff too let's let's give them something that they can confidently buy without being like like rolling the dice too far you know and um and that's been really successful people really like that and it, what it does for, for us too as a business is it really boils down things like i said before the ghost is like you don't you don't give them 73 models and then have to try to explain them because even even like those models they're overlap you know there's like oh well this which one's better well they're both good for these same waves but they just feel different or whatever 
when you have so many models, sometimes people just get overwhelmed, and then it's even hard as a shaper to explain, like, why should I get this one versus that one? And there really is no reason. They just feel different because you can't just say that very well. So the ghost family thing really had um, a pretty big impact on our business as far as just making things smooth. Are you are you terrified? Shadow, so that's where. I mean, like with this whole thing, are you are you terrified of losing the Florences as your test pilots? Uh, I I went through so many times when, like, for sure, like I had companies just come to me and straight up tell me, like, "Oh, we're taking like I'm not going to name the companies, but there's multiple of the biggest brands in the world." Matt Biolas did. Matt Biolas no, at last. Never. Not even close. <laughs> But Matt Biles did make boards for him, and, and I've heard him talking. I think maybe he talked to you guys about it. Like, he made boards through O'Neill, basically. Darth Carlo, so, who was just trying to do his best. Like, I was just uh, figuring shit out. So, also, between between, like, hey, we're gonna... between you and I, Matt claims that John John has won every single important event on his boards. <laughs> on, on his, on Matt's board? Yeah, yeah. That John John, just kidding. I just want you to get mad at Matt. Killer. <laughs> no, um, no, Matt. Matt and I are cool. For a long time, I never, I had never met Matt, and I, um, I kind of hated him a little bit because I thought like he's hey, this just kind of He's an asshole. And Garth Tarlow. He's well, likely Garth a bastard. Also, yeah, yeah. Garth Tarlow with O'Neill, he was just trying to do his best to help. And he was getting boards from Tim Patterson, who I'm good friends with. He tried all these different boards, and Garth would get them to him. He'd go to California for the Nationals, and Garth would have 10 boards for him or whatever from different guys, and he'd try them. And then he'd end up, one year he did ride a Biolus at the Nationals, and he didn't win that year. Mm. But um, Biolus makes shitty boards. But uh, the point was Garth, was, Garth was just trying to give John, they knew how good John was, and he's like, hey, I don't know for sure if Heisel really knows what he's doing. He's like figuring this stuff out along the way, which just was absolutely fair and true. And um, he just wanted to give his his guy the best chance. And so he ordered boards from Matt and from Timmy and from, maybe he probably got some Channel Islands, I don't know. And But for sure, Matt was never, as far as I could tell, and I'm sure he said the same thing, he was never like, oh, I'm going to get that guy. But, um, Multiple times I've had big brands say, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, John's gonna start writing for us," you know, and I, I would just go, "Okay, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't have money, I don't have clout, I don't have shit, you know." Yeah, good looks, right? Have is like what I have. A really good haircut. <laughs> Diabolically really sexy. <laughs> my wife told me. My wife said so. Um, no, but I just, I just said all I, all I have. I didn't say this, but like my. All I had was like the relationship that John and I had, right? And Alex. Alex is a great friend of mine. I love Alex. She's like my sister or something, you know? And um, that's all I had. And, but that's, apparently that's enough, you know? Like we, we, they were, they're like ultra loyal. And the main thing I think in the end, and I, I told him, I sat down with John. I flew to, I flew to California one time. He was 17 years old. He was, he was competing in the, I think it was it was at it was at Santa Cruz. It was the it was the Coldwater Classic. He's in there. I hear that he's got these boards from Channel Islands, and that's when I had Channel Islands kind of basically telling me like, and Channel Islands has been really cool. So I don't want to like Al Merrick specifically told the guys at Channel Islands to leave John alone. Like I grew up in Santa Barbara, 
and um, I knew Al when I was a kid, and I knew, you know, three quarters of my friends were on the team, all stuff. And from what I understand, I don't. From what I understand, I lost you guys there. No, we can we can hear. You. Um, Wait, we got you. Keep going. Al, yeah, Al, 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 pretty much instructed his crew to just not to let me have John. From what I understand, and just said, "Hey, leave him alone." Like, like, which was really, really cool because that was like, it, it was a big deal, you know. Um, I don't know if that's the truth or not. That's what I heard. And um, so, but then they sold to Burton, and things changed. And eventually, Burton's pressing to make some money, and they want to have the best guys, and they want this and that and that. And so they basically were like, "Hey, we." My friend was working for Canon, and he's like, "Dude, I can't. I'm sorry, but I can't like put this off. I I can't just keep telling my boss no, and I gotta try to get John on the team." And um, he was he was in Santa Cruz with his mom and his brothers, and I was here in in Hawaii, and I had made him three new boards. I heard he had he had some boards of mine already, but I heard he got some challenge, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is not really like I was tripping out. Like it gave it gives me like." It's like it's like heartbreak, you know. Like it was literally like kind of heartbreak where you're just like, "Fuck, this means so much to me on a personal level." It, it isn't business heartbreak; it's personal heartbreak. And um, and I flew to San Francisco. I didn't call them. I didn't tell those guys I was coming. I didn't tell Alex nothing. Flew to San Francisco with three brand new boards. Rented a car. Drove down the coast to Santa Cruz. Found their house. Went to their house with boards. I'm like, "What are you guys? What are you doing here?" I'm like, "Nothing. I just brought you some new boards." like oh let's go surf like we went and surfed me and john together he's 17 and um we had breakfast we went up to davenport and surfed up there somewhere and we went and got some little breakfast somewhere and i'm like hey i wanted to bring it up to him you know i wanted to talk to him about it, but it was weird because it was like he's a kid he's not he's not we don't we'd never talked about like business like my company is a business like to him it was like john paisel makes my surfboard you know, it wasn't like I ride for Paisel surfboards. It was like me. And um, I, he brought it up. He's all, dude, did you, what about these guys? And like, what about this? Like, he's like, he, he told me some stuff. And then I, I responded to him. I'm like, yeah, you know, because my friend had told me, he's like, hey, we can maybe help you out. Maybe you could be the licensee in Hawaii. So you could be kind of like, you could do his boards and, and you can work for us. Like, we can give you, you can be the Channel Islands licensee in Hawaii. And I told him that. And he's like, He's so rad, like he's just this kid, and but he's like this wise old man in a kid's body, I swear. And he looked at me, he's all, "Why would you want to do that? Like you already have your own business. Like you already, you, you why would you work for another company?" And I'm like, "Exactly, you know." And and that was that was that for that one, um, at least for that moment. And and there's been. I'm sure he's been offered money. He's been offered all kinds of stuff. You know, every company has wanted him. It's not any secret. I would, I'd want him too. But, um, I, and I told him when we were talking about that, I said, look, I want you to understand something. I don't ever want to do something that's holding you back for my good. And so if you, if you feel like you need to ride these other boards, even if you just want to try them, or if you feel like that's your best route to go, Whoever it is, challenge, it doesn't matter who, if that's the route that's going to help you like be a world champ and like do your best thing and, and, and make your dreams come true and what you, you know, make hit your goals, then do it. Don't think about me. You do it for yourself the way you oh, want, and I'm going to be. That's what makes you a damn sexy spouse. 
That's what makes you the sexy, sexy, sexy spouse, John Paisel. Well, well, it's I just, true. I just like, I just, well, I knew how good the kid is and I love him. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, they're my family. It's not like they're some business deal for me or something like that. Like, it's, But you're, all, you're also the beautiful like bride with the epic haircut is who you are. So you do not. You that, definitely don't cut that, that thing was, by yourself. That might have been an overly. That, that story might have sounded more romantic coming out of my head than it really was. But that was no. It's, it's, with that. And then, it's the new Titanic. But it also, sounded, it sounded like a very modern marriage, honey. I mean, get what you need. Just come back to me. <laughs> but also, you you do not cut your damn hair by yourself. And if you do, you honestly are I the did, best shaper on earth. I, I did it myself with freaking. $20 clippers from Walmart, right? Yeah, because you're a you damn shaper. You know volume. You know volume. You know rocker. You know... Yeah, you have the dims on your hair. The number one attachment, and the number two attachment, and the number four. You have your damn hair dims dialed. What else do you guys want to talk about? I feel like it's just all been me. Let's talk about you guys a little bit. No, we go. I was listening to CJ. We got nothing. I was interviewing you guys. How good is how oh, good is how CJ? Are you guys doing? CJ is all time. I love it. He was like it was like he was in a den of wolves and he just walked away smooth and clean, no problem. Oh, I mean, he, he, was, he was just stuff was just bouncing right off him. There's some Jesus things going down. There's this and that. He was just like no problem. I got this. Siege is genius, and Siege as a genius couldn't even interview us. So John Pizel as a surfboard shaper, you got nothing. <laughs> what about let's you, you guys want to transition into like the real world right now? No, we want to keep talking surfboard. You have more surfboard cousins, Charlie? Hit me up. I got a mid length today and I surfed it for the first time. A <laughs> Channel Islands mid length 6, 10, 20 <clears throat> odd inches. Uh, I'm, it was a know, revelation. I'm all for everybody. Yeah, that's killer, dude. See, you you've don't already opened that, your mind. Just... Now you're heading. You're, you're heading towards, like, here's what I think. I'll shoot a little rubber band at you. See, yeah. You're heading towards, you're heading towards foiling. What can I say? You might can even I? be oh. stopping before you know it. If you're not careful. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Can I have a ghost? Dude, you guys admit this. <laughs> Elo called you guys up for a little stuff date. You would hit, you would go. You'd have no. To go. I hate it. You would I've be done stopping. it. I've done it on Oahu's Let's North Shore. Just How? south of where I'm at, John Pizel, on a little it, secret super, reef. Supping, supping, sorry, I have a little piece of gum. Supping is awesome on flat water, up a river with your wife, and a mild to medium bus. Great, gotcha. Killer. Totally, totally. <laughs> have a little, a little date, a little day drinking and supping. Unreal. But how mad are you at my mid length? <laughs> no, I think it's great. I, no, I personally, it's funny because um, I'm under a little bit of pressure to develop a mid-length since they're so hot right now. And um, I'm going to resist that hot? pressure, I think. What I just heard okay. was you telling me that I was hot. I think you must be having a little bit of an echo, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> no, I'm not even doing that. So mid-length, that's killer. I, I, that's great. I grew up like Santa Barbara's mid-length city, except it, now it's hipsters on mid-length, and it used to just be real surfers on mid-length. We all now hate hipsters. 
Okay, but so how how can I serve my mid length well? I got Devin Howard, Devin fucking Howard's opinion today. Here, what I would say is this: my advice to boards like that are to steer them, not turn them. Don't over, don't try to shortboard it. Not, I don't mean that pumping. I just mean like when you're turning, don't just, just, just smooth. Use your shoulders through the turn. Turn with your shoulders. Turn, turn with your eyes. Look where you want to go, and you'll go there. That's that's exactly what. Exactly what Devin Howard love said to me today, and I love wow, that you. And, yeah, but ex- but I love that you and Devin Howard think I'm doing anything other than letting my board take me wherever it wants to go. Anytime I drop into a wave, yeah. no matter the board. I think I think that's all I do. Probably you're gonna you're gonna either be too far on the tail or too far on the nose in general when you're on that board. Is my guess. Like you're gonna be like, oh, I'm trying to turn it off the tail, and then it's bogging, and then you're gonna try to like scoot forward and maybe get too far, and then bog on the nose outlined a little bit i think there's a fine line of the sweet spot in the middle on those boards i've honestly never ridden one in my whole entire life i'm only i'm guessing but um guess what's gonna happen here barbara that's like channel um, islands is gonna is going to when they tried to steal john john they're gonna actually sponsor john pizel john pizel is going to be a channel islands team rider for the mid lane that'd be awesome i mean it's like senior team i'll be on their senior team precisely you're just a pro on the mid length it's all cool but you're also john <laughs> hey john hey john when, 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 hey john when, when i hear you talking about a mid length it sounds like we're in the 1950s and you're talking about homosexuals and you're saying you know a lot of people are telling me i should my, my separate sort of should appeal to the homosexual market and uh i like Those these people. things but i've never tried it I, I swear i've never tried it i've never ever tried it yeah yeah yeah, you hate the fucking things, don't you? I've never even thought about trying it. Hey, but let me just, Derek, if you want to try it, you're off. Go ahead, dude. It's all you. I don't care. I got no judgment against that. No, the, uh, <laughs> I, not, the middle length to me is the judgy. first step towards um, disappearing into the uh, into old age. I'm going to fight, fight that fucking thing. To my the dad. damn thing, Derek. You're going to ride one of these things. You're going to love it. I'm going to get shorter and shorter oh, and shorter. Hey, what, what about this? Let me guess, Chaz, that you have a really nice earth tone tinted mid-length or a light orange tint. Which one is it? It's seafoam green. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course it is. There you go. So if that just had a lame white glass job, would you like it as much as you think? I don't. What if it just it's has not, nothing? I'll tell you, to be honest, I hate it. I paddled it out today at the worst... Again, I'm not a North Shore person. I surf Cardiff by the Sea. Uh, I paddled out to chunky Cardiff by the Sea and had, it was a revelation. Having board in the water, I haven't had board in the water in years. You know what, actually, I agree. They're killer. And I will tell you this. If you go surfing and you have a good time, you're fucking killing it. You know what I mean? Like, who cares what you're on? Like, it doesn't really matter. It's like, if you want to just let go of your pride that way, then you should. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I honestly, I, I think it's cool. Like, I think what, part of it too was stripping. Like, it's the foil thing. Like, you 
just if you're doing something that keeps you in the water and keeps you moving and keeps you happy, and then when you like the day when the waves are really good and you ride the board that you do really love or that you want it, you you strive to be good on or whatever that you're then then that's killer and you're like you're more prepared for that or if that board your mid length becomes that board then that's fine too. I've actually Sad. I'll take back my mid length thing. I've recently two different sessions paddled out at Upakea, which is a pretty weak like it's like I would I would compare it to like a California reef wave and stuff. Not, it's not weak. I don't mean it like that, but it's like it's not like a throbbing hollow North Shore wave. It's like kind of a whatever. I've paddled out on my seven o or maybe a seven two padlock, like a a gun that I just grabbed off the rack of my shop one day. I'm like I need a I want to ride a little bit bigger board and I've got it for a spot that I really like when it when it is proper and it needs a a bigger board but i rode it a couple different times and like my friends were laughing at me they're like wow that thing like really smoothed out a couple kinks in your style right there they're like you actually look pretty good on that thing and it was a quad it's kind of you know it's like not quite mid-length world like in that sense but it is a mid-length basically and um it felt great like i had a good time and everything was like these smooth turns and like even as you, you get into the wave earlier and you have that moment of like as you stand up it's like this relaxed time it's not like you're all whoa i gotta jump up and do this it's it was cool i had a great time on it so i rode that a few times and then my friends also were like dude you better put that thing away like don't get don't be riding that thing all the time like we want to see you on your normal <laughs> but so i i feel you i feel your mid-length love <laughs> hey hey john i want to finish with um with you giving a profound piece of advice for our listeners on how they should approach the ordering and the choosing of the next surfboard? Because essentially we're all lost at okay. sea and uh, I want you to help us. All right. Well, um, what, let, let me ask you this. Let's do let's it this way. Um, how do you order a surfboard? Uh, just, it's, a, it's a miserable experience for me, John. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I, I fucked up my well, surfing 20 years what? ago on uh, fishes, on uh, round nose fishes, and I've never been able to correct my stance. So everything I write, I'm just oh, really? always a little bit off. Well, what, yeah, I think I think the biggest, biggest, most important thing that people need to do two the two top things that I see that I always question is one recognizing your surfing ability and being honest about it to yourself because a lot of times people think I I even think I surf better than I do I know for sure like a lot of times people think that they're better than they are especially younger people they're like oh i kind of rip you know and you're like like i get emails from people like i've been surfing for like three years like i'm ready for a high performance board i'm like no you're not um so the honesty there taking a look at yourself and like okay what do i what do i do right the other thing when people order a custom board 90 percent of the time that someone tells me their weight then they say but I'm 185, but I want, I'm going to be 175. And if you're ordering the board, that's like buying the jeans for, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't buy the jeans when you weigh 200 pounds, you don't buy the 180 jeans. You have to wear the 200 pound jeans. And then, so if you get a surfboard that's meant for someone that weighs 10 or 15 pounds more than you actually do, you're screwing yourself right there. Right. So I think those two things are really important to be honest and look at that and go like, are you really going to lose that weight right now? Like, what's your plan? <laughs> you know? And then beyond that, having a grasp of like what waves you're going to ride, that's super important. Where you're going to be surfing in general, 
do you want the board for like your every single like your average like middle of the road session or do you want that board to work its best when your spot is firing in its best or what it is you know or do you want it to work even best at like the shittiest days so you can just get the most out of every single thing um those kind of aspects those things i think are really important to understand and then to choose something that like suits that and to to just have a grasp of your own kind of yourself as far as surfing goes is really kind of the key thing and then volume is a something that everybody fixates on um 32 liters dude i'm 32 liters that's what i am you know and you're like that that is just such a broad um it's a great guideline to put you on a in a in an area that you need to be but like i always try to explain to people you probably heard me say it maybe i don't know or not but like you can make a board that's 30 liters that can if it's a 510 that's 30 liters it could be 22 inches wide and two inches thick mm. or it could be 18 inches wide and three and a half inches thick those are both 30 liters you know i mean what i'm making it up but like it's the amount of foam in a surfboard so how you where you put it is what makes it work and like rocker and design plays a huge effect like you can paddle a board with flatter rocker way easier than you can paddle a rockered out shortboard you could actually even though most people do this you could actually if you wanted to ride less volume in a flatter board that's made for shittier waves it'll actually paddle a little bit better just by design but um and i try to get people to visualize a lot of people get hooked on like a half a liter or like oh man that thing was 31.6 i need i need 32.2 and and so i go hey go get your uh here's your like one liter container or whatever right a half a liter is that much foam spread out over your whole surfboard do you really think that you're going to feel that like is that really going to make a huge do you think that ruined your board because you had that much more foam spread out evenly over a six foot board there's no way unless you're at a higher level of surfing you know Jeez, so that really, that's really shut them down well no i don't do that in a mean way but like or then sometimes when someone's like dude, I, I think I should go up this much. And they want to go up like two liters from a board that's already like pretty good for their weight and their ability. And I'll say like, uh, go go. imagine you're at the grocery store and you have a giant soda bottle, those two liter, you know, super sized diet Coke thing. And I'm like, that's a lot of foam. Like if that was foam, you could hold onto that in the water and actually float. It'll keep you afloat, you know? <laughs> so just just to put a visual on it, I think really helps people of like what, what leaders means it's like it's the amount of foam in the surfboard and to have like a visual on that makes more of an impact than just like giving somebody a number and um just i i just i hate when people are just like stuck on just exact super fine little numbers i think be open-minded to it and then also probably if you have a good shaper and there's someone that you're actually um or even like like the guys that work for me all the guys that answer the phone when you call me either at my factory in California or in my factory in Hawaii, they all rip. Like, they surf really good. And they surf all the time. And that's what they're into. And so when they tell you about a surfboard, part of them, usually they're telling you about something they've ridden, maybe even that morning. And then the other thing is, like, if, if they haven't even ridden that model specifically, they do understand it, and they really have a good way of pointing people in the right direction. And uh, it's pretty cool. So, like, I'm so we have a really good crew of um, – of guys that are like they're all surfers you know and it's 
pretty neat. So you're getting good advice, even if you just get on the phone or shoot us like a text or, or whatever it is. Um, it's not just like some guy that's like, they said the answer like this. You know, it's like personal experience and wisdom and, and uh, knowledge, which is cool. I like it. You're, you're so very good. You're very good. Was, listen to the guy. Huh? <laughs> you're very, you're very good salesman. So uh, <clears throat> the other week I asked uh, Eric to, um, to uh, sell beach grit to a company for just imagine he was out selling beach grit to a, um, to a sponsor or something to an advertiser. And I was wondering if you could do the same, if you could um, say so you gone out and you have to sell um, space yeah, on beach I grit. What is beach grit? That is heavy. I wish I would have thought this one through a little bit more. I think at times beach grit is one of the most inter- interesting. Uh, I can't spell it that way. It can't be at times. Damn it. No, take it at times. Beach grit's a shark website. If you're into sharks, Hit that shit up. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, geez, you good. Oh, get uh, hang on. Hey, I just saw that um, you got Tyler. You got, you got Tyler Wright writing for you. Yeah, yeah, super stoked. Um, that was a that was a um, cool thing. I was pretty. Um, she just she just kind of approached me, and like I guess it was probably in October or something last year, and asked about some boards and I had a lot of hesitations because he's been on Matt's boards for so long. And I don't like to be, I don't, I don't like to be that guy. Like I'm not trying to take other people's team riders, you know, and I don't want to be, I really like Matt and I respect Matt and like, don't have any, I don't want to screw people over, you know, that are, that aren't going to, they're not screwing me over. I don't want to screw them over. But so I just told her like, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like comfortable, but if you, if you want to talk to Matt about it, she just wanted to try boards. Like she wasn't like, and she was, she's like, I'm already trying JS's, DHT's. She's been trying all these different boards. Um, she had lost a lot of weight from, from the time she got injured. She really like, her, her body's almost like different. She, she's real like more lean. You know, she was real muscly before. She's a lot leaner. And um, her boards had kind of, she just wanted something that felt a little different or whatever. She was chasing something. And, um, and she said, like, hey, there's, I don't, I don't have any, I don't dislike Matt's boards. Like, his boards are sick. And, like, you know, obviously she won two world titles riding his boards. Like, they work great for her. But she was just interested in something different to try. And so I just said, if you talk to Matt about it and then it's, he's okay with it, then I'll make you a couple boards. And then I, I texted him. I can't remember what I said to him, but I, I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, Tyler was asking me about that. And, like, I don't want to do anything if you, you know, whatever. So, the weird thing is, is we share a licensee in Australia and we're under the same roof basically in Australia. And, and he said, he told, dude, she can, she can do whatever she wants. You know, I know, I know how personal it is. So I know like it wasn't just nothing, you know, like it meant that, that relationship means a lot to people, you know? And, um, he, he said, Hey, you know, I just think it's kind of weird. Like if you want, if she was in Hawaii and you wanted to make her some boards and you made them yourself and shaped them and, you tried them that would be one thing but i think it's kind of strange like having like a ghost shaper make her some boards in australia like that maybe is like the ghost shaper that used to make her my boards even you know or whatever and so i just said i, I agreed 100 percent. i'm like yeah no worries and then she just she kind of followed up over here and was like yeah I'm, I'm coming over there i'd love to just try a few boards like, okay that's that falls into like the i felt like i i you know i did my due diligence and like was fair and open and whatever and um and so i made her four boards i made her a ghost i made her a radius i made her a shadow and i made her one other board that doesn't even have a name it's just a board i make for 
writers. And uh, I didn't put my logos. I put no logos on them. So they were just, they didn't say anything, nothing on them. And that was kind of like, I'm all, this is a, like, if I'm going to make her boards, and at least I'm not like putting my name up front on there. And you know, you know what I mean? Like if she's going to try them and she ends up not liking them or whatever, then I, I've done less, not damage, but just like, you know, whatever. So those are the boards. She, she came over and she was with Glenn and um, Micro and she rode those over here, like at Elan and a few spots. And she's like, these things are, she really liked them. And um, I think they were thinner than most of her boards and they were more refined in the rail than most of her boards. And that was what she was asking for was like, she wanted to be able to push harder on the board. Um, and I think my boards have like a lot less concave than most like JS's or math boards or DHPs, even they're a little more, they're a little more subtle. And I think you can push on them a little bit more in, in um, faster, more powerful conditions or whatever. And that was really what she wanted. That's what she felt was like kind of lacking in her, she wanted to improve a part of her surfing. And that was a specific part. And she's like, she sent me a video of John doing that turn at Margaret River. And she's like, this is what I want to do. That was her, like, that's her goalpost. It's not like, oh, I want to surf really good. I want to do, you know, she's like, I want to surf like John. I want to do that turn. And so, um, anyways, I made her, I made her those boards and she ended up riding them at that contest at Honolulu. And then she got second. Like, there was one wave where she had a weird board choice, one, one heat that I, but, um, but she liked them a lot and she did really well and it gave her some confidence. And I've been just working with her since then. And, um, Cool. She's cool. I've, I've known Tyler, like to go back on that is like, I've known her. I met her at Uluwatu. We go there every summer and spend the summer there. I met her when she was like 14 or 15 for the first time with like my daughter there. And like, so I've known that family for over 10 years or something. It's not like some new random like person. Um, so I felt, yeah, feels good. She's, she's cool. I really like Tyler and um, I like the whole right family. They're really nice people and stuff. So that's, Kind of fit into my groove of like I, I don't want a big team a bunch of you know I don't, I'm not trying to grow a giant team but having her on there was feels really good um I I hope that Matt isn't super bummed but at the same time like Matt has like every good woman server right in his board you know what I mean like I don't I'm pretty stoked to have one just like that so did so the boards that uh, Tyler wrote at Honolulu were they branded did they have Pizer logos no, no, no logos. They can watch that stuff. There's no all the four boards. She just took four. She's all. This is just going to be my Honolulu quiver. Like I didn't make her any more boards. I made her those first four boards, and um, and that was it. And she took them there, and those were her boards that she wrote. And did she get asked by the you know in the in the post state interviews about her boards because it would have been pretty conspicuous they didn't have logos. I think I don't. I can't remember at the time if she mentioned something about her or not. I don't, I think she was pretty sensitive to the situation too. You know, she's a pretty, she's a pretty like heartfelt person. She's pretty like, she understands, you know, that kind of stuff. And she has, she really likes Matt. I know that. And like, she has a good relationship with him. And like, she's not, it wasn't like, there was never any like, these boards don't work for me. I need to have other boards. It was more of like, I feel like almost for her that she had, it was almost like, Tyler Wright 2.0. Like, it's almost like a whole different person. Um, if you look at her, like, physically, she looks way different as far as, like, just the, um, when you, she lost, like, 
think she told me she lost like 12 kilos or something um versus you know what her weight was the year before on tour and like what she was when, so that's huge you know i mean that's what is that 25 pounds yes and she's yeah. little i mean she's she's a small person as it is so like that's a huge difference and um i think that played a big role in just like it's basically like you're a different person and so surfboards feel different too you know and she was just chasing after kind of fine-tuning an aspect of her surfing i think and then i was kind of unsure actually that i, I thought she might not like them like they might not be like like i don't know I can see how math boards work and they're real different than mine. You know, they're more tuned to, um, like they're tuned to where he lives, you know, those kind of waves more. My boards are tuned. Those boards in particular are tuned to like pretty good waves. And, um, I think Matt, I have a, I have my hardest, the stuff that I struggle with the most with surfboards is like what Matt probably like the best at sometimes is like the, the, the real low end high performance boards, like, like waist high but like full high performance that to me is like the i mean I, I i make them and i see guys use them that like them and they work but it's like that to me is the biggest challenge more than anything else to make something like that works like shitty waste waste the stomach high waves that you want to like surf total <laughs> high stomach high. <laughs> I love it. yeah 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 it's so that's and and that's matt makes a lot of boards that work really good you know his boards are tuned to that they're all built off of those kind of waves not those shitty waves but like good waves like that too but even trestles is a really slow wave it's not a fast like pumpy down the line wave it's a real slow paced wave and um so anyways um i just i tried to be real respectful to that that way and, and at the same time i'm like i almost wanted to say no like i just can't do it you know but i'm like i i'm gonna try to like do it the right way as much as i can and like if she's going to go to JS or DHD, I'd way rather have her come to me. You know, like I'm stoked to have her on my board. It's not that I'm stoked that she's off my board. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for your time, Johnny. It's been lovely to chat. Thank you. I appreciate it. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube